0: Welcome to Useful Idiots.
1: Welcome to Useful Idiots. I'm Matt Taibbi. I'm Katie Halper. How are you doing? I'm good, you?
0: I'm good. You know what I saw last night? What? I saw Joker.
1: How was it?
0: So I feel alienated and incited to violence Okay,
1: so it's because it's a weekday.
0: (laughs) Because it's a weekday, yeah, for a variety of reasons. Because you saw Joker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you watch it? I feel disrupted on a train, yeah.
1: Joker's on a train. Do you like it?
0: I did. I yeah, did man. like it. In fact, I, I thought it was really funny because the, the movie is so much a metaphor for um, Trumpism and yeah. other things like that. And the reviews in like the Washington Post and the New York Times, like, misunderstood the movie in the same way they misunderstood the trump right. phenomenon so it was it was uh, pretty interesting we,
1: we should have leslie lee on the show uh he he thinks that's one of the best political movies of late
0: yeah i mean it's definitely political it, it reminded me a lot of the movie, movies like butcher boy i don't know if you ever saw that no and, and, like sort of going crazy movies but very good uh we have a great show we great have show. Uh, actor tim robbins Tim
2: robbins
1: actor director actor activist. director
0: writer playwright yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and that's going to be terrific. Yeah, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about because this is, of course, a hugely consequential oh, week yes, in it is. in politics. It is, yeah. And and uh, who knows how it's going to turn out.
1: So uh, I know. Also, we got an announcement.
0: We do. Merch. Oh yes, we have new merch. We okay, got new
1: merch. Just go. To, uh, you'll find the links on Twitter, YouTube. It's coming out. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, we said we got a lot of excellent suggestions online. Um, what a lot of them those? were were either pornographic or drug paraphernalia related. So okay. like, you know, we've so got we we've got enough of those a family show. Right. Yeah. Got enough.
1: So send us all your non-pornographic, non pornographic, um, non drug related suggestions right. for merch.
0: Well, you can keep sending keep the drug-related... You just have a lot
1: of competition. Right. It may not stand exactly. out Exactly. It's just yeah. going to
0: be a, a tougher swim up right. that exactly. uh, particular stream. All right. Four food groups. What do we have for uh, Democrats Suck? So uh,
1: Democrats Suck, we got a Bloomberg moment. This is uh, Michael Bloomberg uh, had something interesting to say about um, himself and Bernie Sanders. Let's just play it. Yeah. So I guess this is some Jews for Mike thing. I assume, unless Mike has actually, it would be amazing if Michael Bloomberg actually incorporated the, a star the Jewish star mo- into his, his eye. into his um, logo. Yeah, because there's an image. that says for Mike, and I'm assuming it's Jews for Mike, right? Right. So um, like the star of David. Over yeah, the, star David the over the eye. Yeah, I love that because there are two Jewish candidates, Bernie and Mike, and. This is like your how out of touch are you when you think that like the bad thing about Israel is the kibbutz system. Right. Like okay, you're the only Jew in the in the race who wants probably like an apartheid state. Right. Like, you're the only Jew, Mike, not Bernie. And it's kind of funny because he's kind of actually, like, Bernie did work on a kibbutz, and a kibbutz, for people who don't know, is a kind of socialist-y it's like a commune. commune yeah, yeah, that that uh, Israel used to have. They kind of have them still, but not really. Certainly mm-hmm. not the way that they used to. But it's, like, so out of touch that you're going to use an, an example of Israel, and that's going to be it. It's not going to be, like, an ethno-nationalist state or a place where there are second-class citizens. I mean, it makes sense because he's... A total hawk who supports anything that the israeli government does right but it's also kind of weird and like sketchy but i gotta say it's also kind of cool because it is this is a little problematic so we should have an isn't that problematic thing but there are t- they do kind of represent two different jewish archetypes do they yes yeah. um i'm gonna juice plain to you okay uh no but one of them is like the very wealthy capitalist um right. Who uh, runs the media? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying that is a stereotype that he falls into. So not only is Mike terrible politically, but I, as a Jew, I don't want him president because we can't take that PR hit. Right. It's really not helpful. Right. Like buying an election, running the media, no, not good at all. And then it's both, actually. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, and then on the other side, you have this Jew who is informed by a tradition of social justice and universalism. And this is a whole interesting episode. We get and a so and socialist and socialisty. Right. Um, and so of course that's my Jew.
0: Right. That's yes, the Jew that's that I want to win.
1: That's my Jewry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in a weird way he kind of like, without meaning to, laid out the two poles of Jewish identity.
0: Those are the only two poles. Are there there's none that we're missing?
1: I mean, there are. Yeah, there's some, but I feel like those are the two real stereotypes. OK, it's true. Like right. those are two of the stereotypes. They happen to be those. And uh, we definitely not just for political reasons, but for for self-interest as a Jew. I want to. I Maybe want they would to, make
0: an excellent ticket in that respect. They would compliment each other. No
1: two Jews. Yeah, that could be their their slogan. <laughs> Vote <laughs> two, Jew. Two
0: nice Jews. <laughs> two nice Jews. One nice <laughs> or Jew. Two, two bro- no one. Not shm- bro- oh,
1: you know what? Their ticket could be one mensch, one schmuck. <laughs> Mench means human being in Yiddish, I guess, Mench but it means a good person. Oh, you could use the like it could be an L. It could yeah, just be Oi. Oi. So that, that could be the, uh, the motto, right? Yeah. Slogan, yeah, oy, yeah. yeah. You
0: could have the uh, the shepherd fairy portrait. <laughs> yeah,
1: that would be really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah,
0: with somebody looking in the off in the distance. Yeah, Oi. yeah, excellent. All right, so that's Democrats suck. Yeah, uh, Republicans suck. Actually, we had kind of a good one this week. It's kind of a oh, classic yeah. one.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Wilbur Ross. Commerce Secretary for Donald Trump. His reaction to the coronavirus news, he said that um, you know he doesn't want to take a victory lap but, over this. But uh, you know I don't want to talk about a victory lap over a very unfortunate, very malignant disease. But the fact is, it does give businesses yet another thing to consider when they go through the review of their supply chain. In other words, American America could capitalize because jobs could right. come back to the United States because of this whole coronavirus thing. That's sort of killing people and it's amazing.
1: uh, Yeah, I I like the way he grounds it in history. On top of all the other things, you have SARS, you have the African swine virus there. Now you have this. It's another risk factor that people need to take into account. So I think it will help accelerate the return of jobs in North America.
0: Right. Yeah. China, you will die. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: we will thrive.
0: Right. And we will Your thrive. death
1: is our victory. <laughs> it is a little weird. Like, he could have said, like, not to make light of something or... But I feel like that's such a tell. Like, he really clearly is seeing this as a victory lap appropriate thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, usually it's like... I, I know what he's saying or you know it's like the silver lining you wouldn't say that but like an unintended upside of something. It's already gross, but there's something especially gross about the victory lap. Also,
0: why does he say it publicly? Because you have to, in order to draw attention to it, to, to plant the idea in people's minds. Oh, right, exactly. You know? Yeah, totally, so, yeah. So why why, why even say this, an, a thing that you should probably keep to yourself, right. because, because it's necessary in order to get into the news so that people like us will talk about it. And perhaps some manufacturer will, will see the show and decide, hey, you know. Right, one I of should. our fans will be right, like, yeah. I'm
1: going to vote for Trump. Yeah. Now that I've seen, they're right, we are Trumpian, Matt. You well, see? Oh, right. We are yeah, exactly. They, we're, it's not the horseshoe, theory. Yeah, horseshoe that's how theory. That's
0: yeah. how this all works. So I think that's it's also good because it brings us back to the to the, the heritage of uh, Republican suckage, which is you know, just sort of rapacious, instantaneous self-interest, right? Right. Um, It's kind
1: of sadistic or at least like indifferent to suffering. Yeah. Or actually kind of invested in it.
0: Right. Invested in it. Um,
1: And also the, the, I mean, this is, this is, I I wonder if, I don't think a Bush person would have said this because they had. Like, diplomatic language. I think Trump really has... I think this this could have this could, could have. have
0: worked in the Bush era. Reagan. Reagan,
1: I can see this yeah. in the Reagan
0: era, you know.
1: But they would have made it a bit more, like, palatable.
0: Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. So what do we have for Isn't That Weird?
1: So Isn't That Weird? We have a kind of unfortunate story and unfortunate headline, which is, um, Man in Blackface Robs Maryland Bank, police say. Police describe the suspect as a white man with paint on his face. So... I mean, it's a little problematic, very problematic. It it makes it, I think, kind of awkward to report on. Police described the suspect as a white male with paint on his face who seemed to be in his late 20s to early 30s. They did not specify how much money he may have been able to steal from the bank, but that must be an awkward thing to report on, like as a cop. Do you think anyone was like he was a black man? Do you think anyone like, Actually, fell for the blackface.
0: Well, you'd have to write a like what one out of twelve white male with shoe polish on face. Is yeah. that what you would say. I mean, you, you can't say blackmail, right?
1: Or, no, but I wonder if any of the witnesses, like if they had bad vision there or something, bad bad it's eyesight. So you guys
0: so clearly, he looks like M Eminem who f- fell into a vat of shoe polish. Basically, <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, yeah. it looks ridiculous. Yeah, but, yeah. and the, uh, the 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 hat is even make, makes it funnier. Do you think
1: he? This could be a politician. They always like you know. This could be like Justin Trudeau. Oh, right.
0: In other words, they, they, so they're stopping off from their, yeah. their holiday party, yeah. right? On yeah, the, on exactly. the, They're going to rob a bank on the way. Yeah.
1: Or yeah. maybe they were just like, this is going to give me the ability. Because apparently so many people who run for politics have some urge to go to a party in blackface.
0: Is that a thing? Well, is there how like many a politicians a genetic have been? sequencing thing? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Right.
1: But we have a lot of scandals where they right. do that, right? That's Didn't true. one make that up? Didn't the guy running for sheriff... Yeah, or like that if was, he but didn't was one of our stories. He admitted it, right? Yeah, he, he offered it. Like there wasn't even photographic evidence.
0: Right. He, I think he was he was maybe trying to curry favor. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was trying
1: to get voters. So yeah. yeah,
0: isn't that terrible? It's kind of an easy one. I know the coronavirus thing is a is a, is a classic uh, like news scare phenomenon. I mean, it's a real thing. People right. really have to be uh you know pay attention to it, but. The the modern news business is is designed to instantly freak out about this and and project every conceivable fear and anxiety uh, angle uh, that they can about this. And um, the story has already gotten to the point, the the saturation of it, uh, you're already seeing the ripples back which i thought was interesting the uh, steven soderbergh movie contagion is now like in the top 10 Wow! Yeah. so people are already they're going back and they're watching basically crappy virus movies because they they want to get into the spirit of being scared to death about yeah uh, it's like merch right it's almost
1: like yeah it's like disease merch
0: outbreak is going to be next people are going to go buy old copies of the hot zone and there's a lot of um there's been a lot of stuff so they they've already had all kinds of disasters about this that and clearly this is going to get worse. We had a cruise ship that was stranded with um, 6,000 mm-hmm. passengers and, and a thousand crew members were blocked from disembarking a, a, a Costa cruise ship that was uh, near Rome because there was a woman on board who was feverish who was from Hong Kong. So this kind of stuff is going to start happening yeah. and uh, people are completely freaking out about it. And so people are already making like memes to themselves on the Internet. Like there's a there's you know, spoofs of Simon and Garfunkel songs. Hello, virus from Wuhan Another problem's here again Because you see the contagion creeping And the virus is indeed spreading so people are completely wigging out about yeah. this and uh, you know th- there was already what, one case in Seattle right so there once this gets to the US there's going to be full blown panic because this is every every family's worst nightmare right. is you know some disease that's unstoppable um, is going to reach you know the suburbs basically yeah. and so the instant there's one of those cases that hits that hits some kind of non urban area this the story's going to take And, and if, uh, next uh, if level.
1: grunge music and Starbucks are any indication
0: Right things that start in Seattle they spread really Right. Red, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we got to talk about this week? We got to talk about uh, politics, right?
1: Politics, of course. Should we start with Biden or Warren?
0: Well, let's just start start with the big picture. The way things are looking now, I mean, this is this is shaping up to be kind of a historic moment in, in sort of the annals of the modern Democratic Party because Bernie has separated himself in the polls, and even some of the other candidates are starting to talk about reduced expectations. War- Warren sent. Uh, a notice, uh, or at least I think it was internally there was a notice uh, to to followers, the the expectation he's going to win there. And there's the the polls are are separating themselves also in New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, this is this hasn't really ever hasn't happened in the Democratic Party since, what, 72, where there's somebody the party abjectly does not want Um, is becoming a threat to the nomination and I think there's going to be just pandemonium once this this happens like, it's a
1: good thing you saw the Joker because it gives you a little right yeah just. yeah exactly yeah, preview, yeah.
0: get all the the, the the Bernie folks in clown masks yeah. turning cars over no and...
1: it'll be the Biden folks in clown oh, masks no, no, they no, won't yeah, yeah, deal yeah, yeah. the yeah. Biden folks and the Warren folks hey it'll be Biden and Warren themselves can you imagine it <laughs> I, you know what uh, you know what would happen is like Biden would be like Liz c- come on Liz calm down it would, it's always the quiet ones right so Biden would maybe do as an fun way, but then, like, Liz would actually, Liz Warren could actually get really upset, I feel like, and actually start doing Joker stuff. She's, um... And Joe Biden would be like, calm down, Liz, come here, For, God bless you, Liz, he'd, like, bring her in a bear hug, right?
0: <laughs> so when they do the autopsies of this week, they're going to look back and, and think about the insanity of what happened. If Biden turns out to be the last best hope to save the modern Democratic Party, I mean what an amazing metaphor for how fucking screwed up this party was that this this was the the ch- the champion here like a, a se- literally senile person. You
1: mean if Bernie doesn't win?
0: If Bernie does win, they're going to look back and they're going to blame they're going to blame these other candidates I who, who, who right, dropped right, right. the ball. I see, right. I got it. Yeah. For right. for driving the party right. off the cliff, and the fact that at the very end, like the the last ditch holdout I to see, save right. the 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 new Democrats, because yeah, essentially it. this is a species of Democrat that was invented in the late '80s, you know after after Mondale lost. They kind of reinvented the party and, and created this new version of the Democrats that were no longer as dependent on unions for financing. They were they were pro-business. Right. Uh, they triangulated. Right. You know, uh, they, they took more conservative positions and they thought that was the electoral formula that's going to save us forever. Right. And it's just run out of gas. Yeah. Like that whole thing is running out of gas literally this rot. week. It's
1: rot. Yeah. Right.
0: And and the, the last can sort of exemplar of that species clinging to the hope of the nomination really is is Biden, I guess, right. or Buttigieg. I, I don't know. It was amazing this week. He had an amazing moment of vulnerability on, on the trail. Jo- Joby? Yeah. How
1: come no one calls him that? Job, Joby? Joby? We should call him. Joby? Yeah, I like it. It's
0: cute. Can we take a listen to, to Biden uh, musing about uh, his potential time in office?
1: So this is him talking about what would be necessary for a vice president.
2: How well, for me, it has to be demonstrated that whoever I pick is two things: one, is capable of needing to be a president, because I'm an old guy. No, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Look, I'm. Thank God, I'm in great health. I work out. No, I'm serious. I you know I work out every morning. I'm in good shape. Knock on wood, as my mother would say. There's a what, lot what did he here. Say there? Knock
1: on wood, as my mother would say. Yeah. And he taps, and he he you know knocks on his own head. I like this. You know what I really like about this is that first of all, it's a reminder of when he said, "Listen, fat." Right. Because he's really prides himself on his health. Right? Remember,
0: yeah, and you talked about the push-ups. Yeah, push-ups. Yeah. How
1: he's not sedentary. But right. what I love about this is, as usual, Biden actually speaks a lot of truth, mm-hmm. and I kind of appreciate that he owns his his age in this sense. But what's really great is he's saying, like, so there are a couple things that I would need to pick someone for vice president for running mate. One is they'd have to be able to be president. Now, of course. This is a guy who was vice president. So the suggestion implicitly is not every vice president is capable of, of being president. president. Yeah, right. He's like this would be one of those vice presidents who would have to be, and and uh, it's kind of interesting yeah. cause in,
0: in in this unusual case, yeah, exactly. we should You should probably pick a vice president who could, who is capable of being president.
1: Right. And if we accept that, I do think we can accept that kind of subconscious confession of his own inability to to be uh, president or or at least he's I think at the very least he's kind of hinting that Obama did not pick him to be president. Right. Right. Like he didn't pick him as like a good person to replace him. He picked him to make him more electable.
0: Well, well, yes. And so the you know, the story that behind that is that the, they they picked Biden, you know, precisely because they were concerned about reaching a certain kind of Democrat right. who was uncomfortable with picking a, an uh, African-American. Right. Exactly. Uh, president. Yeah. And so you know, I talked to some people this week uh, in D.C. I was down in D.C. and one person who's sort of tangentially related to the Democratic Party, like they were saying, uh, Biden is a guy who shouldn't be allowed to drive, much less run for president. But they're all like hoping nonetheless that he's going to be the guy, you know, which is the same
1: people who wouldn't give him a driver's license.
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. The
1: thing is, Biden, I could imagine him in a total state of dementia, lifting weights like the issue is not his physical strength. Right. The issue is that he'll be like joking around and.
0: Yeah, the issue Can is that his as, oh. his brain is completely. I mean, he's like mercifully free of the ravages of sanity at this point. Right, yeah. I mean, he's. It's a, th- a thing that people are commenting on who, who cover him that he just kind of wanders off. Like, he's, he's, he's frequently. It's not clear that he knows exactly where he right. is. And yeah. Wanders I, off
1: the reservation as. Ironically, John King, I remember him saying that once when he was covering Biden. It was like a special that CNN did on on his gaffes. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were like, well, he does tend to wander off the reservation. And they weren't even using a pun. They just, right. you know, of course, I'm sure that was very painful for Elizabeth Warren. to hear. Yeah,
0: for Warren. Meanwhile, speaking of Warren, uh, she kind of she did a little mini Liz Holio this week when she learned that she won the. um the endorsement, the endorsement of the I, uh, Des Moines Register. Right. Do we have that clip?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can see that is a bit of a mouthful, for sure. Oh, my God. Okay, that's kind of cute, it i got to say. So, cute. Yeah. So, Warren, who is she talking to? She's talking to someone, and she's bent over, and she's in, like, a half holio? What would you call that? Maybe we should choose... We... It's like a
0: stagger holio, because she, oh, she doesn't go you're, like this. Oh,
1: no, but actually, I would say it starts earlier. So, you see her, she has yeah. her arm around someone, and I think that's almost a half holio. Because she's, you could see that as a, no, right there. Before, oh, I see. So before she moves her arms in a, oh, see, if yeah. you look at it as bent over holio, look, watch me, ready? So this is the Liz holio. She has her hands up, like, yeah. like hands in the air, mm-hmm. bow, elbows bent. But this is like, she's, she's, it's flipped over. Uh-huh. It's like pre-holio.
0: That's true, you yeah. You see it
1: as, basically, she's just rotating at the elbows.
0: It's like an earlier species of yeah, lizard, exactly. like an australopithecus. Yeah, Before we were, right, before right? we were
1: totally upright. Yeah. She, was dra- she could have been dragging the knuckles. Yeah, that's uh, the
0: Zinjanthropus exactly, version of, yeah, uh, yeah. of, of uh, Liz Yeah. So she holio. does that,
1: so she has her arm. Liz her,
0: Holius. Liz Holius, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So she has her hand on someone's back. She's like bent over to hear what she says in half holio pose. And then the woman says something, and then she's like, I did? And obviously she says she won. And then she does this, like, it's almost like, remember when we saw Steyer doing the whoop with his face, the Arsenio Hall thing? She's almost doing that. She just starts punching up in the air and like her hands are in yeah, she kind of, she, she,
0: she does a, a dance. It's a good dance. Yeah, it's a good uh, dance, yeah. yeah it's uh, cute, I like it. Yeah, and she goes, I,
1: I did, and she puts her hands on her chest. In a,
0: right, it's not gonna help though. And this is interesting because, so last time, Trump uh, got something like two endorsements to Hillary's 90, right. whatever it was. It's some ridiculous number. We can look it up. Endorsements don't matter anymore. Right. I mean, they're, they're just not important. And and I think it's another example of how this whole system has broken down. Like they, right. that, that was such a, it used to be such a huge deal. Right.
1: She should be upset actually between this and the time. <laughs> She's done.
0: Yeah, she should respond with some kind of like mourn, mournful indifference maybe. It might, might have been. Yeah. The,
1: or, or a holio, like a sad holio dance
0: sad hole would that be i don't know
1: that would be like totally on the ground and she
0: which often happens with candidates who are in a semi desperate situation heading into a week before a vote, they will come out with a crazy proposal. Yeah. And not a crazy proposal, but a, a loud proposal. Right. And so she bold. came out, bold. a bold, yeah. So she, the headline, which is somewhat m- misleading in CNBC, says Elizabeth Warren proposes criminal penalties for spreading voting disinformation online. That's more right. There, there was one that just said spreading disinformation. Right. The, the proposal that she came up with, she's. Uh, proposing uh, holding tech companies that do not change, that specifically don't change uh, wrong information about where you should go vote, that you should be held to a criminal penalty for failing to fix that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also a whole lot of stuff in her in her proposal about uh, creating a new body that would examine the whole question of uh, divisiveness and misinformation and would consider sanctions, additional sanctions for for disinformation mm-hmm. online and she's been kind of doing a little bit of this all all year and I, this this whole thing drives me crazy i don't know how you feel about what, it because,
1: overreach like a, well,
0: it, this whole complete rethink of how we police bad yeah. speech then right, the, yeah. the, the way that they're looking at this so casually like we spent hundreds of years getting to the point where we had right. this system of how we deal with things like libel and yeah and now they just want to do away with it. And the problem here is that the, the people who are going to be deciding what is and is not misinformation, right. there's going to be both the tech company and the, the government o- above it. Right. And so like, once you get the government into the business of deciding what is and isn't true, it opens this huge can of worms that like we've specifically tried to avoid for hundreds right, yeah. of years in this country.
1: I do like her quote where she says she wants to make big structural changes to the tech sector right. to promote more competition. I wish he would just make big structural bail-y. Right. This is going to sound very problematic, but I kind of think if it was only limited to like literal information about, I don't think it should be criminal, but what if, it does seem like it's a good idea to not, to have the correct voting addresses, yeah, locations. No, ab-
0: absolutely. But how that, would, that, is
1: y- it possible to do it in a way that's?
0: You, you could do that in a way where you, Well, first, the thing that I don't like about this is they want to create a separate body and then then they want to they want to give the penalty to the platform and not to the person who does it. Right. Right. So what's going to end up happening there is the platform is just going to wipe out anything that's even close. Um, But it's not. Yeah. It's not even that. That's the the
1: principle of
0: you could all you could make that a species of election fraud or something like that without without.
1: Ah, okay. Without I messing right. with yeah, speech. Yeah, yeah. Got
0: it. What she's talking about, the whole proposal is uh, it talks about divisiveness and foreign, foreign right. yeah, interference. So, and all so these it th- stirs
1: the, it, it, It's again, it's like almost like the coronavirus of uh, politics. It's right. like this fear and hysteria about how. Um, the Russians uh, through the election to Trump last time by by sharing Buff Bernie memes. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's probably already against the law to to misadvertise, Uh, uh, you know, a a polling site or something like that. And especially if you have something to do with another campaign and you do it. Right. That's got to be, I would imagine, against the law. But but what what they're talking about is is getting the 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 government in the business of forcing these companies to be really, really aggressive about deciding what is and right. isn't true, which is something they were never doing before 2016. And now they want to go all the way in this other direction. And and we've already seen how that's that already had a out, huge yeah. impact uh, because they're already like taking
1: all Crafting kinds of things down off the, the yeah, internet. Right. Including the videos like about the things that they are, are that are bad. So like videos educating people about white nationalism right white supremacy all that stuff like i don't know what i call it yeah about Or things that supremacy.
0: are that are very debatable like the name of the whistleblower right. like you know i can't say it because right. youtube will take it off right so i like uh, i don't know i anyway. like
1: how stupid this article is though because it says other candidates such as klobuchar and sanders have also been skeptical of large technology companies sanders has repeatedly targeted amazon saying it should increase its wages and benefits for workers like that's a very different
0: it's a completely action, different you know uh, animal, being like yeah.
1: advocating like putting political pressure on a an oligarch to raise wages is not creating a new law. Exactly. To penalize, uh, cr- to make it a crime. To, or yeah.
0: to worse than that, to, or to use their enormous monopolistic power to police speech or whatever right. yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just but funny that they don't get it yeah, now, and, yeah. and Warren has, to be fair, I think she's she's also talked about the fact that they don't pay a lot of taxes. And things, you know, Sure, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, but
1: that's a different type of targeting. Right. You know. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Iowa. I mean, what what's your prediction?
1: Well, Bernie, of course, unless something really bad happens. Uh, I also kind of am impressed that Biden wasn't like, and you just made me think of this with the prediction. I'm impressed he wasn't like, look, I could bleed out any day. I could have an eye bleed out. (laughs) So maybe that'll happen. Remember he was bleeding? Yeah,
0: what's the name of that condition? I can imagine
1: in the cold, he just busts another... Capillary in the eye, or something. It would, be, it would
0: be funny if it were like the movie Scanners, where if, if he was giving a speech that the, the day before, uh, you know, the the, the caucus yes. and his head just yeah. exploded. Well, that's
1: going to happen to the press corps. Can we, uh, can we see when, a scanner's uh, when explosion? <laughs> wins, yeah. So his head just blows up, yeah. I like the,
0: the sort of orgasmic expression yeah, uh, on so Michael Ironside's really, face. That's the main. most disturbing part. Yeah.
1: Forget the, oh. like, the bleeding head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, his face is disgusting, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, All right, so most stoned, we had a, a few. What what do you want to start with? Bloomberg. All right, so B- Bloomberg did a great one. I think this is going to live forever. Yeah. This is going to go straight to the, towards the top of the list.
1: Where's my ice cream? Ah, thank you. Mmm...
0: Big gay ice cream is the best.
1: <laughs> what is that?
0: Are we allowed to speculate on what metaphorically it means when you take a big bite of big gay I ice mean, cream? I mean, I
1: don't even, it's, you don't even need to. It's just there. It's like so <laughs> there. But what is this big gay ice cream? I have
0: no idea. It is just a brand of ice cream. Oh, it's an actual brand. Oh, okay. Well, then that's actually un- some, unfortunately less funny.
1: No, nah, I don't know. Either way, I think it counts. Yeah.
0: Yeah? In that case, I'm alright. Um I mean, we should eat some game. We gay- should. Or, yeah. Why don't we
1: get them to sponsor us?
0: Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. All right. Well we'll eat some next week. Yeah. And then what else we have? We have uh, more Joe Biden Instagram stories. I mean this this feature oh first of all, is that is that two bong Gravity Bongs way up or way down on oh, that one? That's you, is uh, that stoned or not?
1: Uh it's definitely stoned. It's you like think? it's munchies.
0: All right. So it's I'm, big
1: game munchies.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give that to yeah. to uh two two Gravity Bongs way up.
1: Yeah. Okay, what's this now? We got Biden
2: Hey guys, I'm here with my pop. Um, we just wrapped up outside and we're having a great time, I'm right? To you. Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> Who's it? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, well, i tell you what, this is a real pop, man. <laughs> I tell you, you gotta talk to me, not a cardboard cutout.
1: <laughs> What's the joke? She's standing next to a cardboard, like a cutout, and she's embarrassed? Like, is the idea that she couldn't tell the difference between her actual grandfather? And um, between Joe right? Biden and, and a cutout.
0: I'm going to I'm going to say this is uh, this is a couple of dime bags way down on this. I don't think I don't think this is a terribly. Well, again,
1: the, the threshold is so high for Biden. That's true. So, no, this is just Biden being Biden. Yeah, and Biden being Biden.
0: you know, it's his granddaughter. If it were just some random person who was volunteering, it would be, it would who, be different. Who he kisses
1: on the head. I don't know. It kind of would be more Biden. Either way, yeah, it's not that stone. It's a
0: little, it's a little weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but the other one, the my Mike yeah. Bloomberg, I think that's, that's that one's gonna live and uh,
1: forever. Yeah. So Bloomberg, in addition to eating big gay ice cream, also made a big, acute cute big commercial. Yeah. Uh, with dogs, dogs for lip-syncing. Mike. Dogs for yeah. If you are yeah.
2: Mike Bloomberg is the man to lead us.
1: He will create more jobs. (laughs) Mike's
2: not afraid of the NRA, not one bit. Trust me, Mike will get it done, yeah.
1: (laughs) Get it done. Yes.
0: He does not tweet. I like Mike. I like Mike. I lick Mike.
1: I'm Mike Bloomberg's dog. I approve this message. I'm Mike Blumberg, again. I approve this message. This is maybe like the best ad I've seen all season. It's so I, total, I,
0: I totally disagree. Sorry,
1: I'm such a dog worse. I'm such a sucker that I he just got my vote basically. I'm
0: anti-talking animal. Oh no, thing. I love those things. Really? So yeah, this
1: is yeah. So the the animals are lip syncing.
0: It's a cute cheat. It's I hate it. Dog's
1: fur Mike, F U R. I didn't realize that dogs fur. Terrible.
0: Mike. Terrible. And his own
1: dogs in it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go Thumbs down on this well, one. Well, and
1: this is after, of course, he famously—or not famously—but uh, interestingly enough, shook a dog's head, basically, instead of shaking its paw.
0: Yeah, he uh, he grabbed a dog by a snout. I love that word, snout. It is a good word. It's a, it's, mean, kind it's, of a it's a great word in like almost every ang- every language too. There's like a word for snout in like lots of. Well, there's in Russian? Uh, morda. Morda. Great word. And and actually, they what they say in, in Russian is like, if you hit somebody in the face, like you you to be a pom It's like. I, I bashed you in the snout. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's Mike Bloomberg shaking a dog's face. It's abuse. It's not.
1: It's abuse.
0: It isn't. Dogs it is. think that.
1: Oh my god, you're victim blaming. No, you, I'm you're not. You're saying it shouldn't have worn that collar. Dogs
0: think that shit is funny.
1: I don't know. They it, do. It does. He's shaking his head from the. How, how do you know you're like a dog? I have sperm? a dog.
0: I've been had dogs my whole okay, life. Okay.
1: Obviously, Matt has engaged in this behavior this abusive he's a dog shaker you have you done that to your dog
0: i have done that to my, oh my dog God. and then then, then then my dog will knock me down okay that's you know? fair i guess it's, like, if it's strong it's enough ho- it's it's not horseplay it's dog play. dog play
1: oh look at you that's a regular old katie helper pun. that's i
0: mean that tells me that this is a person who spent a lot of time around dogs right. maybe not always appropriately but you right. know it, it's a dog person
1: almost like he's gonna lift him up through his mouth
0: no, he's not. A, he's like, he's not afraid to stick his hand in the dog's jaws. And which you need is awesome. that for a
1: president. Yeah.
0: And first of all, a dog will, if, if you're not a dog person, a dog won't let you do that.
1: All right. They'll chomp you. It'll him.
0: bite your bite hand. You, yeah. So I don't know. I'm all for that. It is weird, though. So day, yeah. is that a, how do we vote on that? Is that stone or not? I'll
1: give you that. I'll follow your lead on that. Guess, you for you, it seems to be a very normal daily occurrence. So I guess I'm going to vote. Stone. I'm going to
0: vote. Yeah, that's that's the bong way up. Okay. on that. Yeah. All
1: right. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so without any further ado,
0: Let's uh, introduce our guest,
1: Tim Robbins, Tim who Robbins. Uh, we spoke to last week. Let's talk to Tim Robbins. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you,
0: Tim Robbins. Tim
1: Robbins, yeah, we um just so you know, Matt we met a while ago because I went to his play *Embedded*, which was ah, really good and okay. about media embedding, basically. You were taking
0: the, credit for a movie actually I, coming yeah, into being. Yeah, I, okay, did. So how, I did. I said I was. I helped
1: bring the, I helped midwife then to being because I went to his play *Embedded*. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Joe's Theater was it? Public Wait, theater. At the public theater. At yeah. Joe's Pub. Sorry. Yeah. My dad raises his hand, and my mom. I'm with my mom and dad and family friend. My dad raises his hand, and my mom and I're like, "Don't ask too many questions," and he's like. My questions are and then one of them, the second one was like, this is so great. Can you turn to a movie? And you're like, well, we're, we would love to, but we don't really have, you know, the funds and blah, blah, blah. And then I was working at that time at DC TV, which is this great That's organization, right. downtown Commun- community television. And um, we did these we did, you know, much more kind of like affordable. And high-end, affordable shoots. Mm-hmm. So we, so we did it, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it wound up being one of the first pieces that Netflix picked up.
1: Wow. Oh yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. must have been a lot. Because they've picked yeah. up a
0: few since then.
1: Yeah, yeah. One or two, yeah. yeah. And um, it was really good. It's about the Iraq War coverage by the media, and and there were masks and. There was like the Condi role. You had all the different like neocons. The yeah, Office familiar. of Special Plans.
2: You yeah. remember them? Yeah. Yeah. was yeah. embedded. The, the yep. Leo, yeah. Leo Strauss uh, yeah. devotees. Yeah. yeah wow. It was really good. Excellent. It.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, great. So you have history. Yeah. 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 And you have a new thing coming out, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Your new... Should we make a movie about this too? Oh, the, yeah. the new Colossus? Uh, I'm,
2: I'm going to be shooting some of the audience's reflections oh, right. on it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's called the New Colossus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's twelve actors speaking twelve different languages, uh, telling. Uh, Wait. So it's in twelve different languages. Yes. Wow. All real?
1: Are they all real languages? Yeah. Okay. That's I the, didn't know if it's something for else. a lot Is of the actors, it's on, their first <laughs> language. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: And uh, and it's from twelve different time periods, from eighteen sixty-eight to two thousand seventeen. Okay. And it's about the journey from a uh, very dangerous environment to freedom. And it's, uh, I asked all of my actors to research their own stories, uh, their family's cool. stories, and to write it down. And I, I helped them put it together. And, and uh, it's a um, quite moving piece because it, it, uh, at the end of the piece, after this long journey and uh, this, uh, the challenges that they have to overcome, they get to a place where they can plead to get on a boat. Ah. And they all plead to get on wow. the boat. And then we ask the audience, should we let them in?
0: Wow. Wait, so, so you and really- the audience has to decide. Wow. So that's an unusual like process. Lifeboat. So you wrote it, but is it inspired by the the actors talking to their families about their experiences? Was it like a collaborative thing? Oh yeah, sense? for sure.
2: Oh, okay. and, they, and a lot of them had to talk to their families and their families didn't want to talk about it. Oh, wow. that's interesting. And so they had to overcome this, uh, these right. obstacles and actually wound up creating much deeper bonds right. with great. their mothers and grandparents. So it's grandparents. like an oral history
1: also too. Yes, yes. That's great.
2: And so at the end of the play, I ask the audience, I come out and ask the audience, where are you from? Right. Uh, first of all, are there anybody that's descended from indigenous people? Mm-hmm. And a couple of hands come up. What what nation? Yeah, Iroquois? Yeah. Wow. Uh, anybody that was... Na- de- was
1: Elizabeth Warren
2: in the audience? <laughs> I knew that was the instant you went there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyone descended from uh, people that were brought here against their will? African-Americans' yeah. hands come up. Do you know where from? What year? Right. No. no. Yeah. Don't know. One of our original sins that we eliminated entire culture and the memory of that culture. Mm -hmm. Then I ask any refugees in the audience. Some hands come up. Where from? What year? Immigrants? Where from? What year? Okay. Sons or daughters of immigrants or refugees. More hands come up. Grandsons, granddaughters of immigrants or refugees. More hands come up. Great-grandsons, etc. Until everybody's hand comes up, and and you have. People from all from the, over the world yeah. every night in Los Angeles. In the lobby we have a, a, a map and we ask people to put magnetic pins oh, where they cool. come from. Oh, and wow. every night in our little theater in Los Angeles the entire world is represented. Yeah. Every continent except Antarctica. Not a, lot of, <laughs> not a lot of immigrants or refugees from Antarctica. There's still time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I asked them to share stories, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when it just becomes just sublime because people are, you know, the, the play has made them think about, oh, my own story, my own story. And we hear stories like, you know, I want to tell you about my grandmother. She came here to America when she was eight years old on her own, on a wow. boat with a photograph of a relative. That's it. No address, nothing. And lands in New York Harbor and finds her family. Wow. This is
1: an audience member? Yeah, an
2: audience member telling her about her grandmother. Another woman says, I want to tell you a story about an American soldier. He was part of a troop that was uh, liberating Buchenwald. Wow. And he saw this woman, and she was faltering. She's starting to fall. She's starving to death. And this private starts running towards her, and the sergeant says, Stand down, soldier. We're not doing that. He disobeys. He huh. gets to her, catches her before she falls, carries the woman to the field hospital, gets in trouble from the sergeant, goes to visit her, this woman after he gets out of trouble. And this woman says, that's my mother and my father. Wow. These oh, stories wow. are out there. They, and so they got married, that yeah,
1: couple. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so wow. we hear this. after We hear testimony. And Every,
1: you're videotaping it? Well,
2: hopefully okay. on the road, yeah. We don't want we don't videotape because we we'll want the audience to be able to right, share. And feel but then afterwards, yeah. we're going to invite them to come on the stage, and if they want to share, they Great, can share. Yeah. But um, every night we get deeply inspired, and the audience itself realizes, wow, you know, we have so much in common. We have here's what we have in common: we have this incredible DNA, whatever that is. You know, okay. So first of all, yeah, you we are all descended from people that said no. No, I will not tolerate famine. No, I will not tolerate religious ah. oppression. No, I will not tolerate fascism. And I will risk my life to get away from it. And then they have the strength and the resilience to survive that journey. And then they have the strength and resilience to survive the journey over water. Mm-hmm. And Some right. died. Some. We're not descended from that DNA. Then get there to this new country with nothing yeah. and somehow create a future. And that future is sitting in our audience. That's what yeah. that's what's incredible about this this collective experience is that we it's something that binds us. And in these times when we're finding so many ways to divide us, there's yeah. so many people writing so many horrible things about so many different people, including, you know, online, all whatever. Yeah. Here's a way we can understand, you know what? You might disagree politically, but you have something in common. You you share this. This hero's journey, which is yeah. really what it is. You talk about the people that are leaving oppression in uh, Central America right. and America and Mexico, create, yeah. and they're traveling five hundred miles on foot yeah. for the chance of getting over the border to for the chance of creating a better life for their children. Yeah. Think about that. In, that strength yeah. that that must take to yeah. survive that journey and 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 you know to create a future. That's in my mind. That's Greek myth, that's mm-hmm. the hero's journey. That's the way we should be talking about And
1: then it. surviving, if you were from here, surviving... Colonization is also like a miracle, yes. or he- heroic, or and, and also like against all odds, right? It's an anomaly because mm-hmm. of the disease and the killing, yes. And then surviving, you know, coming over as an enslaved person and too.
2: surviving all the, you know, the the terrible rhetoric that's thrown around about your wave of immigration, whether right. you're Irish and yeah. the uh, late eighteen hundreds yeah. or. Where,
1: where's to- your family from?
2: My family's on one of the first boats. It's okay, it's a safe space. My grandfather uh, did the research uh, many years ago and found John Robbins uh, 1660 Massachusetts. 1660, wow.
0: Yeah. Where in Massachusetts?
2: Um, I think it's, uh, uh, oh, I don't remember. It's at Amherst some 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 small town. He found the grave. Wow. Wow. And uh, Yeah.
0: Wow. So the, you were talking about the divisiveness. Was that the inspiration for it? Was it the, the Trump uh, Muslim ban? Was it, I mean, obviously. No, we no? started just,
2: actually during the Obama years oh, right. uh, during okay. the Syrian crisis. Okay. And we were just talking as a theater company and we were like, this is uh, wrong, completely wrong. They're trying to say, oh, these are potential terrorists. Right. No, These are mothers and children that are leaving violence and in a refugee camp. You right. know, who, who wants to do that? Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, no know, one wants to leave their home. Right. So as a response to that rhetoric, we started talking about who we are and, and what our stories are.
0: At the Actors' Gang. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. So that was the genesis of this. And so it's, been, it's been a while now that, that yeah. this has been in the works. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay. Uh, and this is this the first play that you've written? I know you wrote a couple of movies, right? You wrote Dead Men yeah. Walking, um, uh, Bob Roberts. Yeah,
1: right.
2: I've written about four or five plays I over saw, the course okay. of, Harlo- of years.
1: Harley Harlo- Harlo- The, Kino the, Kino the to the Freedom. Man. That was okay. great. I saw that in L.A. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which was really cool when we were in China doing that. Oh, wow. Shanghai. uh, You know, if you remember at the end of the play, the character of Barlechino says, I don't want to do this play anymore. It starts going off on this rant. And someone from the state comes in and says, what's going on? Uh, You know, get back to the play. And so he starts back into the play and he can't control himself. He goes off again. And the person from the state comes in and arrests him, right? Mm-hmm. And we're doing this in China. And I'm like, are you sure you've read this play? Are you, <laughs> you sure it's okay? They say, no, 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 go ahead. And so at the moment when he, he's taken off, there's a big silence in the audience, right? And then the, the, the person from the state says, all right, continue the play. And so they start trying to do the play. And then one, one actress says, puts up her hands and says, no, and walks off the stage. The entire audience in Shanghai erupts in applause. Wow. It was a moment like, wow, right. That's theater, you know, yeah. making yeah. a you know, there's allowing them to express solidarity mm, yeah. with rebellion. Right. And right. then the next actress puts up their hands applause, you know. So it, it's a uh, touring theater is is such a gift at this point, because here we have an opportunity to sit with a, a group of people uh who are never gonna be that same group of people again, a specific chemistry. Mm-hmm. And we get to meet them and figure out what that chemistry is and tell that story to them. And then they get the opportunity, and by the way, one of the last places on earth you can ask people to turn their cell phones yeah. off and they will, <laughs> they can sit with you for an hour and a half in a meditative silence or in a shared emotion and, and be able to experience humanity through this. It's, it's an extraordinary opportunity.
0: Is, is it hard, once you've started doing movies, to stay in touch with theater? I mean, it's a, I know it's a tension that a lot of actors have, or is it a luxury that you have to make, make time to do it?
2: Uh, how do you see From it? From the very start, I made time for it. Okay. From the time when I was working in episodics, I, I would tell my agent, listen, uh, I, uh, four months, I'm not going to go to any auditions. And they thought I was crazy, but I was learning how to be an actor. I was learning how to be a writer, director. And I always viewed it as a, a, a way to stay sane in mm. Los Angeles. To keep going back to the laboratories, keep going, testing yourself, the humility that it involves to, to do a play, you know, because you can't fake it. You know, right. the audience is going to tell you whether it's good or bad. Right. And in movies, you can get in this kind of zone where, you know, you never hear that. You know, you never hear any reaction. you just like everyone, your publicist says, you're fantastic. Yeah, you're you doing know? great. <laughs> yeah, And, you know. It's, it, I've seen how that can lead to you know a decline in in your 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 chops. Plus,
0: yeah. you can do a million takes. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to get into it as much, right? I yeah. mean, you can study the night before. Which is not to
2: say that there aren't some you know brilliant actors out there that right. are working that way, and some just uncomfortable with doing theater. But it's always been a lifeline for me.
0: So our art in itself is obviously socially beneficial. It's an important thing. Do you th- is there a tension between? Uh, Activism and being an artist. In other words, do you think there's a moment at which being an activist can detract from the art? Do people people know that you're involved in political causes? I know you've had issues with this, right? Like the the Baseball Hall yeah. of Fame didn't like the fact that you were involved with you know uh, opposing the Iraq War. Is there a thing that you have to think about with that?
2: Well, I think I think um, essentially uh, uh, the way I looked at it was if I don't say anything, I'm gonna really. Dislike myself, right? Uh, it was about compromise for me. It was like I, if I don't say anything, I might get a better part or get richer or anything. And it's just about your own compromise, but it's also who who you're who are who you're drawn to and who is drawn to you. Mm-hmm. And because I have lived that way, I've been able to meet some of the most amazing yeah. people, like Sister Helen Earth.
1: Prejean,
2: Sister Helen Prejean, Harry Belafonte, yeah. Nelson Mandela, you know who who I could sit in a room with and have lunch with and and share yeah. experience with, uh, because I think uh, uh, that I didn't give a shit. Right, <laughs> right. There's this other stuff and wanted to use my voice in in whatever way I could to help.
1: Um, can we can we talk about Dark Waters? Sure. Um, that's like, speaking of activism and art, it seems like a great example of the, of the intersection of both of those things. And your character in that is really interesting because it's, it's a, it's kind of the moral side of, of, of capitalism. So I guess a reformed, um, restrained capitalism where I heard you on an interview, how, how there should be like a bottom, you said something about a moral bottom line. mm mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that character and why you were drawn to it?
2: Well, when I read the script, I, I the first question I had is: Is this character real? Because it's a right. guy who's a managing partner in a conservative law firm in Cincinnati who represent chemical companies, right? And they against lawsuits, you know, against them, right? right. Uh, for you know, and so um, I was like, this guy can't exist, and, and then I. I realized, yeah, it's true. What yeah. he did was true. He allowed one of his new managing partners to take on a lawsuit suing DuPont. Right. An, a company that normally they would have represented against lawsuits. Right. And so he did it because he saw those videotapes of the dead livestock yeah. on this guy's property. And he said, That's wrong. Yeah. It's very simple for him. Was, there's a right and there's a wrong. And if and if if if, if corporations are gonna be allowed to do this, it's bad for everybody. Yeah. If, if, if a corporation is allowed to pollute and violates any, any kind of environmental regulations, then the, the companies that are following those rules are being screwed because they're gonna to have to pay the cost yeah. of this malfeasance of DuPont. Right. And so, uh, this uh, Mark Ruffalo plays this real-life person named Rob Ballot, who is a modern-day hero, in yeah. my opinion who had to go through 12 years of uh, this lawsuit with many different machinations of discrediting and try, trying to kill the lawsuit, trying to buy people off. Yeah. And you know he prevailed, but still is fighting. Now is suing uh, DuPont and other chemical companies on behalf of every single person in the United States. Because now this P- these PFOAs are in 99% of our bloodstream.
1: P.F.O.A.'s Remind, uh, explain. Teflon, yeah. which
2: was the product that, oh, the magic pen, right. wound up poisoning yeah. 99% yeah. of the people in this country.
1: It's a great scene in the movie where he's trying to figure out what that stands for, Mark
2: yeah. Ruffalo's character. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. yeah, he's talking to a chemist.
2: Yeah. But the
0: scene where your character, it's, it's Tom Turp is the name, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 where he, has the, he goes off into this amazing soliloquy in front of the other partners. And I, I had the same reaction you did. I thought, is that real? Because yeah. there, there isn't really, except for the part that he allows Balot to pursue the suit, there's not really a hint that that's in that character until mm. that moment. Is that hard to do? In other words, like the the other scenes, uh, how do you play the character in the other scenes to make that to sell that scene as more believable?
2: Well, I I, I talked to Tom. I, okay. I You know, I had some Skype calls oh, with nice. him, and and I, I I wanted to know all the details. I wanted to know how how much he was supportive of all that. And uh, it was in the script, and so he he's allowing this guy to do it, but it is hurting the law firm, right? And he does have a bottom line, and you know they do have to pay their bills. So it's that practical thing where you're like, I, you know, I, I'm for this morally, but you know, can I support it for 12 years? Right. And so he had a struggle, but he supported him the whole way, and you know, I want to tell that story because maybe that story will inspire other Tom Turps in other corporate boardrooms to know what their moral bottom line is and say, you know what, we can't do that. We have to draw the line somewhere, you know? Yeah,
0: because it's so interesting because it was almost like, until that moment, it felt a little bit like it was kind of a stock character, right? Like the boss, the corporate boss, who's not really in tune with the, the moral morality of the character, but he, he makes this amazing turn in the middle of the movie. I, I just thought that yeah. was really int- and
2: unusual, too, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And what's happening now with that... Uh, the epa is trying
2: to yeah they uh, just uh so i think that what they want to do is they want to get rid of any water uh regulations or about polluting in water so that it's going to be okay to dump water in streams and in uh you know protected areas and it's you know it's it's it's, it's, my opinion sociopathic yeah i think we should just start talking about it that way i mean what kind of person is making billions of dollars and still wants to like you know what Screw that stream. Screw the water system. Because here's the thing: poison water doesn't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican. It's going to make you sick. Yeah, and it's something that we should be all united against this kind of corporate malfeasance. And this administration's just going, you know, hey, let's just go for it. Let's go for everything. Let's, Let's let's get let's let's take all the rules away. You know. Yeah
0: you supported uh Nader in 2000 mm-hmm. and I know you get this question a lot but but uh there was so much blowback in 2016 against people who supported Jill Stein do, uh do you think it's, do you find it amazing that now people like yourself Cornell West who supported Nader if I'm not mistaken in 2000 now you're you're with the Bernie campaign you the, the nomination is actually a, a real possibility are you amazed at the, at the journey that the party has made just in you know five or six months
1: cycles. You mean that someone, could be bi- someone yeah,
2: like exactly. who would support is actually now viable? Right. Yeah, um, it's still difficult. I mean, they don't make it easy. Right. right. Uh, and, uh, but listen, the reason why I'm supporting Bernie is because I believe, and I believe this in 2016, I believe he can beat him. I, can, yeah. I believe he can beat Trump. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it on the ground. I see the broad coalition he has. I see he's got a million volunteers ready to knock on doors. None of the other candidates has that. Wouldn't you want to go with the right. the most, uh, you know, popular right. senator in yeah. the Senate? Right. To I mean, so what do you to attribute that
0: the parties so they have such an obvious reluctance to embrace that idea? Uh,
2: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you, uh, you know, there's many answers to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I'm just looking at the positive. I, I see how he uh, he can build coalitions. And I, I believe he has the, the best chance to beat them
1: what's it like not what was it like not being a a clinton supporter in hollywood
2: i don't really travel in that crowd right but
1: i mean more like in terms of job like not that you hang out there but when you're a working actor let's say like did you feel did you fear some blowback or did you feel that people would not want to work with you i mean i know it's not like the mccarthy era and you were a communist but it does seem like that was such a
2: You know, I try not to think about that because that's that, you know, oh, I didn't get the job because of that. You know, oftentimes I don't get jobs because I'm six foot five. You know, (laughs) it's like, just face it, you know, there's certain actors don't want to work with you.
1: Right, But does it feel weird? Like (laughs) Is that really a thing?
2: Yeah, sure it is. Don't want to work
1: with you because they don't want to seem short sometimes. Well,
2: you know, it's difficult to line the shot up,
0: you know. Yeah, right. One movie that wasn't a problem was Bull Durham, right? I've always wanted to ask this question. And I apologize. Did you model your windup after any particular pitcher? I, have, I felt there was a little Fernando in it's, there. You got it. one Marichal,
2: maybe a little a bit. A little bit, but little mostly way. Okay, all right, yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you play baseball? I did. Mean, I did. You, I you did, did? Huge okay. fan. Yeah. All right, and also the behavior, kind of, uh, uh, what was his name? Bill Lee. Do you remember him? Oh yeah, the crazy. Yeah, from you know? Boston. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the um, that you know that. What was the other one? Um, Pearsall, uh Jimmy Pearsall? Mm-hmm. You know, baseball players that had this crazy. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, they were crazy. Also, well, Bill G- Lee was
0: really crazy. Yeah.
2: I yeah. also loved Jim Bouton. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the seminal book in my teenage years was Ball Four. It was, right. You know, I was like, wow. Yeah. Every
0: kid tried <laughs> to throw a knuckleball after that
2: book came yeah. out. I yeah. actually met him. And, really? Yeah. And he taught me how to throw a knuckleball. Did, can you? Can you throw
0: a knuckler? Well, uh, you know. You think that's something people are born with? Like I, no, I feel like you can't. You just, have
2: to be a little twisted. I think, to throw, think? throw a knuckleball. yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're throwing it so slow and it's going. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't even see.
1: know what's knuckleball. Or or knuckleball.
2: A, you
0: throw a pitch with no spin on it, and the air makes Whoa. it move
2: like in all directions. That's cool. It's kind yeah. of like a cartoon. You know, if you imagine a cartoon, a ball coming in and it goes. Okay. Or, 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 or. Yeah, it's impossible to hit when, oh, when they throw it right. Oh, I see. Yeah. Was that what's
0: the what's the most fun movie you? I mean, that had to be one of them, right? I mean, the, yeah, yeah.
2: live a, a childhood fantasy, you know, right? Putting on a baseball uniform, yeah. pretending to be a baseball yeah. player, absolutely, yeah, that was a a big fantasy come true.
1: How was um, Bob Roberts? What made you decide to uh, to write that and uh, be that character? Like-
2: I started it as a short for Saturday Night Live. Oh really? Yeah, and um, originally he was a. You know, because I just moved back to New York to do a movie. I was, it was eighty five or something like that, and I had been away from where I grew up in Greenwich Village for about six, seven years. And in that time, it had kind of gotten gentrified, yeah. and so all the old Italian cookie places were now David's Cookies, and you know, it's it just I was, what the hell is this, right. right? So I wrote it originally as a yuppie folk singer uh, who was in Greenwich Village. And then as I kept working on the script, Bob's ambition grew and he became a candidate for Senate. And so um, it took me about five years to put that movie together and I was able to do it right after I worked with Robert Altman and The Player, so I was really primed. I kind of used The Player as my film school, Mm -hmm. how to direct. Mm -hmm. And um, got Gore Vidal to to be in it, which was a a great uh, treat because he was able to bring his perspective on American politics into that film. And uh, yeah, and you know, imagine a successful businessman uh, running for a political office who happens to be a big fan of beauty pageants. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Who to thunk it?
1: And pretends to be uh, care about normal people, ordinary people. Yeah, is a con artist. Yeah. What's it like as someone who wrote and was in and directed embedded? What's it like to see these people who were selling the Iraq War be like main faces on MSNBC? Well,
2: yeah, that's troubling. I mean, you certainly don't get uh, any medals or rewards for being right uh, in yeah. this country. You know, um, in fact, um, you saw so many people get it wrong right. who got uh, bonuses and, right. and uh, you know, career advancement out of that. They're still on the air, right. uh, still per- per- saying what they you know are paid to say, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's disappointing. But I think here's the good thing. I think it's more and more obvious to more and more people uh, because there are more means of communication and because people can spread information in a different way. It's you can spread information without the permission of the mainstream media. Right. It's be, there's it's kind of liberated mm-hmm. information in a lot of ways, and that's the positive. And I, I prefer to look at it that way. That you know, more and more people will understand that the a certain faction is trying to propagandize for a war. And I think you've seen in the last three, or four years, it doesn't work the way it used to work. It's not as quick. It's not as uh, not a home run. There's more doubt. There's more questions being asked. People going, wait, you're trying that one again? Mm. And, and uh, I don't know if that would have been possible without the invention of some of these new means of delivering information. And in a way, that might be keeping us from that next catastrophic war. So I have a hope about yeah. that kind of thing.
0: I mean, a lot in a lot of ways, the success of the Sanders campaign really reflects that you just don't need the assent of traditional media anymore. You can bring your message lots of other ways, right? Yes, I mean, and yeah. well,
2: we'll see. Yeah, we'll right. see. I think one of the big challenges this year is, you know, there's how many people that don't vote right. in this country—hundred yeah. million or something crazy like right. that. Yeah, and maybe if all of us just took it on our own to say, you know what, I'm going to try to find five people. That don't vote, unlikely
1: voters, yeah.
2: Try to get them into, into the ballot box. Yeah, you know that that would shift things. Yeah, that's a positive way to do it. Right. I mean, I don't know how much we really achieve by yelling at each other.
1: Yeah.
2: I, you know, I, 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 I don't know that you can change anyone's mind doing right. it that way. Uh, with the new Colossus, when we're going out. We're looking to build bonds. We're yeah. looking to find ways to, to, to be on the same page, to understand the common experience yeah. we have.
0: And the new colossus is that uh, are people going to be able to see that in other cities? Are you going to go on? To, what's the schedule? Um,
2: well, we start in North Carolina on uh, January twenty eighth to February second. If you don't mind, I'll I'll just tell the, yeah. the sure. dates yeah, that yeah, we have. Yeah, um, yeah, we're in Schenectady, New York, at Proctor's Theaters, February seventh and eighth. Detroit, Michigan at the Music Hall, uh, February 14th and 16th, through the 16th. Seattle, Washington, Moore Theater, February 20th, 22nd. Durango, Colorado Community Concert Hall, February 25th, 26th. Iowa City, Iowa. Hancher Auditorium, February 29th. Folsom, California, Stage 1, March 3rd and 4th. And Nashville, Tennessee, James K. Polk Theater, April 9th through 11th.
0: Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So
2: we'll we'll see a broad cross-section of the country. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going out for the whole tour, and I can't wait to have these conversations, hear the audience's stories, and find uh, some common ground out there.
0: Sounds like it could be a great documentary at yeah. the end, right? Where, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. It could I think be a cool so. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you so much. We yeah, wish yeah. you thank luck. You. Is yeah. there anything else that you're going to be working on down, down the I line? Uh, what's what's the next big project
2: after this? Uh, don't have it right now. Uh, just, uh, I'm I, you know, I've written something. Uh, I always try to write, and with the hopes that, uh, you know, There might be some crazy rich person out there giving me a lot of money to to do uh, the the next Bob Roberts, but uh, I've written a satire about a rampant id that is rampant id the rampant id that is out of control. Um, that's an
0: interesting because I think I feel like we've lived through a little bit of that lately well, and, yeah. it
2: might have something to do with yeah. that, yeah, yeah,
0: excellent and what can you tell us a little bit more about the rampant
2: id um it it's uh yeah, it's like that thing you don't want to jinx it by putting it yeah. out there, but um let's just say uh it's about what happens when the rampant id meets ultimate power <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a really funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tim Robbins. Really yeah, appreciate thank it. You. Thanks for coming on Useful Idiots. And uh, and good luck with Thanks for uh, having Colossus. Me. Thanks yeah. a lot.
1: And where can people find info about it? Is there a website? or Theactressgang.com. Actressgang.com. Great. Thanks. 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 A lot
0: today. Mm-hmm. Super interesting interview. It, interesting the, that he seems like he goes against the grain a little bit in yeah. terms of how actors deal with the, their projects. Yes. And yeah, so that's that's interesting. And he's not afraid to talk about politics, which is no. cool. So, right.
1: so and what well, else? Well, you're going to be uh going into another state. Yeah, soon. I'm off
0: to Iowa um probably tomorrow, at the end of this week. So. I'm going to be there over the the weekend and uh, I'll I'll return right before we cut the next show. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'll get I'll try to get some film, try to get some Bailey. Yeah. Film and uh, talk to some folks while, while we're out there. If there are any Useful Idiots fans uh, in Des Moines or in the surrounding towns, uh, you know.
1: Do the hmm? Useful Idiots pod Use Useful Idiots
0: pod ha- hashtag if you're going to be around in, uh, in, in the area. And what, uh, trail
1: you? You're going to say hi to them? Well, what
0: you... if, if you're going to go to an event, let me know. Hashtag me and uh, maybe okay, I'll see yeah. I can seek you out in the crowd. We'll, we'll just do some interviews. Forget the candidates. Just Right. Yeah, fans. exactly. Who needs them? All right. So we'll have lots to talk about next week yes. and uh, we'll, we'll see them.
1: Great. Thanks. Bye.